Hi, this is Todd Adams. This is Kathy Adams. Welcome to another episode, ZenParentingRadio.com. Number... 70-something. Wow, pretty darn good. Happy Tuesday, everybody, if you're listening to this live. Happy Tuesday. Mindfulness. So today we're going to talk a little bit about real examples of being mindful, rather than like digging into what mindfulness is. We're going to talk about real examples of mindfulness. And the reason we're doing that is because tomorrow, Wednesday, June 20th, I am doing a one-hour talk about mindfulness at the Daily Method in Elmhurst, and it's at noon. And my friend Lorna, or somebody, is teaching a Daily Method class at 1045, so you can come to the 1045 class and then stay for my mindfulness talk, or you can just come at noon to the mindfulness talk. And you can bring lunch, if that's your lunch hour, and you can bring your kids. That's the key. That's the key. Because there's childcare there. That's right. So if you plan to do that, I would suggest that you register because so you make sure you get a space in the child care for your child. And the number is 630-832-3245. And again, it's at the Daily Method Elmhurst. You can also go online and register, I believe. Um, they'll have that up um, by the time this airs. And yeah, so we're going to talk about mindfulness more in depth that day for an hour. But today we're going to talk about examples of mindfulness. So don't be a schlep rock. Come to my talk. Um, what about the people that don't live around Elmhurst? Um, they just have to listen to the show and then they'll be smarter? I guess so. I guess so. If you don't live in the area and you can't come, then you just got to listen to the show and maybe go grab a John Kabat-Zinn book. That's right, because he's one of our... He's, he's one, one of our teachers. one of our gurus. And he... Oh, I don't like that word. I know you don't. That's why you... <laughs> I know, because you wanted to get me all riled up. He's one of my teachers and he's got... He has so many books out about mindfulness. Didn't you ask him for um, writing something nice in your book and their publisher said no or... Or no, you asked for permission... Of one of his quotes, and they yes, said, I wanted to quote a long passage in my first book from him, and he didn't say no. The publisher said yeah. no, so the publisher said, "Sorry, you have to pay us this amount of money." And you said, "And I said, us. forget it." And then I wanted to put something from Elizabeth Lesser's book into my book, and I contacted her publisher, and they said, "Sure." That's right. So, so different publishers out there. And then there's our publisher, which is basically Me. us. Yeah, and Amazon. So we get to decide. Yeah, I love that part. So if you ever want to quote Kathy's book, you go ahead and do it. No, that's not true. They should still contact me, really? but it's my decision. Yeah, because it's copyrighted information. Just do it. <laughs> what, are we going to go sue somebody? No, no, for- and what I mean by that is I don't mean you have to contact me to pay me. I don't need money, but it's still, it's one of those things where when someone is... It's about respect. Exactly, and they can take something and quote it. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. just as long as they put my name on it. But mm-hmm. I, I don't need money for it. But you don't just take information from but somebody But if you else. want to give us money, we'll take it. No, not necessarily. I'll take Actually, it. Actually, speaking of, there was an article in that I found online. I have this Google alert for my name. So mm-hmm. if anything is out there that has my full name in it, I get right. a Google alert. And someone quoted me in an article, and I don't. I wasn't contacted. They just took stuff off my website. That's right. Which was fun. Is that good or bad? No, it was fine. I just thought it was fun. I was like, oh, there's something with, you know. Yeah, and you guys can quote off my website, too. <laughs> it's at jvi.com. We sell bearing pads. If you want to hear about bearing pads and slotted inserts. And there's in um, in Todd's company, in his business, they have these committee day things, and one of the committees is called the Erection Committee. That's right. <laughs> I'm not on the Erection Committee, but I've sat in on the Erection Committee. Yes, and it's I'm sure it's an interesting committee. We have talk- we talked about the Erection Committee before on the show? You and I? No, yeah. no, not on the show. 
You know what I want to talk about also that has nothing to do with really mindfulness, but I have to bring it up? Please. Is how everybody says that you look like Tom Cruise. I know. Have we talked about that on this show? Well, I... I, I don't want to be too repetitious for you long-term listeners, but you look like Tom Cruise. I contend that he looks like me. Well, same difference, but we were just at lunch and the waitress stopped and said, oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. And she, you look like Tom Cruise. Does anyone tell you that? And I'm like, on a daily basis, you get stopped. Because right now, because Rock of Ages is out, Tom Cruise and is you doing saw a lot that, of And you saw that movie. I did. And I'm very glad I didn't see it, because it's a musical. I loved it. And actually, I have a blog that is out, should be out right at this point, as you're listening to this, about that movie. I can't stand musicals. So Chicago Now, the self-aware parent. The only musicals I like are Blues Brothers, and pretty much just Blues Brothers. Yeah, this movie would have been tough for you, because they start singing right off the bat. Because if they're about to say something that's significant to the story, I'm waiting for them to talk, and instead they bust into a tune, and I get frustrated. But the tune is relevant. What they're saying in the tune is what they'd want to say. just say it. Well, but then it wouldn't be a musical. I know. That's why I don't like them. Okay. Well, it's good. Great songs, if you liked kind of hard rock in the 80s or what we called hair bands. Yeah, if you like bad music. Or good stuff. Or bad music. Or good hair band music. Terrible. <laughs> so do you want to talk do, any more about that you look like Tom Cruise? No. What about um, somebody who has no... I'm getting deja vu right now. It's okay. Weird. Ooh, cool. What about um, explaining to our audience, maybe there's a few people out there that have no idea what mindfulness is. Okay. So mindfulness in a really quick um, definition is that it is the, this is my definition. Obviously there's going to be a lot of different ones out there, but is that um, being conscious of your thinking. And so, and knowing that you are not your thinking, you are not your thoughts, you are you, you you are the observer watching your thoughts. Mm -hmm. So just because your mind has a thought, first of all, it doesn't mean it's true. Right. And oftentimes it's not, most of the time. And number two, that you can make choices about what you respond to. Well, what I think about is it's the disidentification of thought. So what that means is if I have a thought like I'm going to go choke that person over there, that doesn't necessarily mean that that's what, what, you're I'm, supposed going, to what do. I'm supposed to do. Right. That is, oh, that's just a thought. That is not who I am. That is not what I'm going to do. That is a reaction. Right. Instead of a reality. Exactly. Like you, you have a thought. And here's a really important thing about mindfulness that I think is something it took me a long time to realize. Is when you become more thoughtful um, or become more mindful, I'll say, it doesn't mean that you don't have thoughts like I want to choke that person. Mm. Or I'm hoping we're not having a lot of choking thoughts. But it doesn't mean that we don't have thoughts that are deemed or thought of as negative, like anger or frustration or jealousy or envy. Those thoughts still come up. It's like what you said. It's not identifying with it. It's realizing that that's part of being a human being, Mm -hmm. that those thoughts are all there to protect us in many ways. Like anger is a really good indication that you're not in a good situation, you you know, that kind of thing. There are some thoughts that serve you that might be um, considered negative, but actually they're not negative at all. They protect you and keep you safe. Exactly. Like fear, stuff like that. The, the reason that we think of anger and fear as bad now is because when we have the feeling, we become so attached to it and identified with it that we feel it all the time. Mm-hmm. Or we don't, we pretend it's not there and we push it down and it comes out in other ways. Okay, so let's, let's go with the example. Okay. What do you got? So, mindful. It's not something, I mean, it can be meditation. You can, meditation is a way to practice mindfulness. Mm-hmm. But just in your everyday life, like you and I were just walking home yeah. from um, lunch. Yeah. And I got this really great iced tea. 
It was really good. Yummy. And I was holding hands with uh, two of our girls, and I dropped the iced tea. Bummer. Nobody's fault. No reason to blame. I mean, I kind of ran into Cam, but she didn't do it, and I didn't mean to do it. So a lot of times, the first instinct is to blame. That's right. You know? I don't have this anymore, and I'm upset because of it. Exactly. So I'm going to blame my child or the sidewalk or my shoe, and I'm just going to get you know blame, blame, blame. So that's the first deep breath I had to take. You know, I'm not going to blame anyone because there's no one to blame. And then the next thought or the next thing that I'm trying to focus on is how am I going to respond to this? Mm -hmm. Am I going to freak out and be like, this is the worst thing and oh my gosh, and be annoyed the rest of our walk home? Mm -hmm. Or am I going to just say, hey, that was iced tea and it's on the ground and it's all right. I can so how on. did you react? Just Well, that was why I wanted to talk about this because I didn't really have a big response and it was great. But I was conscious, I was mindful of the fact that I, a big response would have been a waste of energy. Mm -hmm. So it's like the girls were like, oh my gosh, you're, you're iced tea. They know I love it. Mm -hmm. So they were like, I was like, well, it's iced tea. You know, it's a bummer. You know, I acknowledge that I wanted it. But then you just kind of let the let it flow. I think my example is I have friends who get really mad while driving yes. because somebody cuts them off. Right. And I remember this driving to college one time with my friend Jim, and he would get mad every time. You know, if you're in your left lane of the highway, you're supposed to only use that as the passing lane. Right. So whenever he would be passing somebody and they wouldn't get over, he'd be like, what is this person doing? What right. is this person doing? They're driving. They're, they're driving <laughs> and they're unaware that they're supposed to be over there. But my thing is, he gets so worked up about it. I know. And my thing is, as far as drivers, I just kind of assume people are going to be bad drivers. So when they're good drivers and respectful, it's a bonus. So you have two choices. You could either consider people good drivers and when they do bad things on the road, then you get all upset and pissed off. Or you could do it the other way and just assume people are going to be making bad decisions on the road and to expect it. And that way, when that happens, you're not all mad. Well, I challenge you on that. Are bring you ready? Sure, are you it. ready? Because I do not want to walk around or drive around thinking that everyone is a bad driver. Because mm -hmm. guess what? what? If you believe at all in the law of attraction, if you go out in the road and you assume everyone's a bad driver, that's what you're going to see. I'm not saying it. it's this magical, woo, where everything changes and, and goes bad, but if your mindset is, that's the same kind of thing when people say, um, I'm just going to assume everything's going to go wrong and then I'll enjoy it when things go right. Well, and I don't think I'm necessarily saying that. I'm just saying, like, chill out. People do stupid stuff on the road and it's not worth getting upset over. It's not like I'm attracting all these negative bad drivers into the car that's around that I'm in. Right, but I guess what I'm questioning is the thought pattern because here's a, here's a little shift. Mm -hmm. What if you went out and assumed that everybody knows what they're, do they're doing and there's a reason why they're in that lane? Mm -hmm. And instead of trying to control them and say they shouldn't be in this lane, they shouldn't be in this left lane, there's a reason that they are. But there's no reason. How do you know? You didn't talk to them. They've been in the left lane for like 10 minutes. They're supposed to be in the right lane. Maybe they're following someone in front of them and they're worried about getting lost because I can relate to that. There's nobody ahead lost. of them. It's a single car that's just, everybody knows what I'm talking about. In a four-lane highway. Okay, how about this? How about that maybe it's a grandma and she's like unaware that she needs to get over? Uh, it doesn't have to be a grandma. I mean, that's a good example. But right. it could be somebody who's 16 or 26 or 46 or 66. Obviously, this person does not know the courtesy of being in the left lane. Exactly. And so that in itself, though, is a reason. They don't know. And so to get angry at them, I think this is the great thing. This is a great point that you bring up because the whole issue about mindfulness 
is that if you get angry at them, you're experiencing the negativity, not them. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, sure, you can honk at them and be annoying well, that and, way. And then, you know, my friend Jim would spread that neg- negativity and honk. And right. When they, you know, in the when you're in the left lane, you, like, drive really close to their bumper. And oh, I know that drives gosh. you nuts. It's just ridiculous. It's like that's bullying in, in the real car. world. It is. It's That's adult bullying. And not only that, but let's get back to this question. Where are you going? That you have to be... That I was that driving to, to school. <laughs> I know you. But I mean, like, when people are riding my bumper, and I'm not like, well, I've been slower than usual. Actually, yeah. I've been going kind of slow. First of all, slow. Kathy's gotten a few tickets in the last year, so she's totally scared of getting uh, another... Fear is not the word I'm using, because I don't... What's your word? I am being very... Cautious. Cautious defensive. and mindful driver. Right. So, which means that she basically only goes like four miles over the speed limit on the highway. Exactly. And everybody else is going like 13 over the speed limit. And But that's their choice. And the other day we were turning left and it was, you're in the yellow. left. You're turning left. Uh-huh. And it just started turning yellow yeah. and you hit the brakes. Three cars go through when the light turns yellow. And I think there were at least you a few in front of me. You were the only car. You stopped. You stopped. Well, you did not it, turn left. I'm okay with that. That's all I, I have know, to say. No, I could not believe it. That was like ultra, ultra defensive. Driving. Well, let me tell you why. Because if if I haven't mentioned this already, the second ticket I got, mm-hmm. so I got I haven't gotten tickets in years. Got one ticket, I own you're, it. You're bad, right? Second ticket I got for something that I didn't do. Bad Seattle. That I didn't officer. know that I was doing wrong. So now I'm doubly cautious because I can't afford to make if I were to go through that on a yellow and get pulled over and he said you went through on a yellow I'd be like I was conscious that it was yellow and I still went through and that would be my bad mm-hmm. I'm not going to make those choices anymore right. I mean I can't control uh you know some things that happen but I can make decisions about what kind of driver I'm going to be Well you're definitely safer than me at this point because you are following the rules of the road That's right. to the T And it's been a gift because it when I am in the car and I am and I have to be somewhere, and I'm and I'm feeling in a hurry. Once I'm in the car, it, I can't do a thing about it. Meaning, I used to speed or try and get there on time, and I I can I can't speed. I have been. That's the gift that these tickets gave me is I cannot speed. So I just gotta relax Chill out. and drive the speed limit. And if the girls are like, we gotta get there, I'm like, sorry, this it's it's helped me slow down. Well, what's funny about that is my example of that, which is a little bit different, is the airport. Okay. I used to assume that everything was going to go right from the time I left my house to the po- time I got onto the plane. And what, what I mean by that is I have an idea of what it's going to be like to park, what it's going to be like for security and all that. And if one thing would – if I would get one curveball thrown my way and security, I'd be totally screwed. Right. So in my old age, because now I'm 40, I basically leave so much earlier now. Yes, when going to the airport. And you used to make fun of me for doing that. I used to make fun of you. I used and to make fun family. of your family. Because your family would get there like three and a half hours before. I know. It's ridiculous. That's what I grew so up I'm with. I'm closer to your family than I was the way I used to be, but I'm not even close to being as crazy as your family is regarding... Are your... you calling my family crazy? They're, they're silly crazy. They're not crazy like in a bad way. They just like to be at the airport on time. Oh, no, no, no. They like to be there way, way, way ahead of time. I And my I point it. is I'm closer to where they are now than okay. I used to be. So, so you, I'm moving in that direction. You're aligning But I'm never, going, I'm never going to get to where they are. Okay. Well, maybe. So my point is if we want to spend nice, peaceful, happy lives on this earth, assume that if somebody's in the left-hand lane on the highway, that it's okay. 
It, there you go. See, that feels so much better than assume everyone's going to drive like crap. Right. Like that's such a different. Or, or it's not worth getting upset. It's not over. worth it because the question you have to ask yourself is: some people will only stop at this level. We'll say they'll say, "Yeah, but I'm in a hurry." And okay, so if you're just going to sit in that thought, then yeah, you're going to be annoyed. But what are you in a hurry for? Well, I have to get to this birthday party. Okay, I get that. Let's take it a step further. Tell me what happens if you're late for the birthday party. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Nothing. And you know what else you can do if you're really stopped in traffic? If you're if you're driving anything over two miles per hour, don't text or, or call. But right. if you're in a if you're really stuck in traffic where you're just stopped, call and say I'm stuck and I'm going to be late and let go. And you know there have been times when this has been hard to do, like if you're trying to catch a train or right. you know or a plane, like you said. So it doesn't work in. Well, actually, it always works, but it, it's more difficult in those situations. But those everyday things where we're like, oh, we, I'm going to be... We think something is so important. We do, and it's just not. I know, and, and I'm bad with that because I don't like being late for anything, Oh, as boy, you, know. you don't like being late. All right, um, I want to change gears. Okay. But, um, and what I'm going to change gears to is a discussion you and I had about um, a conversation you had with one of your girlfriends about... Ask, you need to ask me 10 times. Yes. Sometimes girls ask boys or men, uh, women ask men, um, you know, what's bothering you? And So, no, men ask women what's bothering, what's bothering you, and the girl will say nothing. Right. And, and then you countered that with saying, well, sometimes you have to ask me a whole bunch of times. Right. And how little sense that makes to me. I know. We will discuss in a second. Um, first, we're going to talk about Tree of Life Chiropractic Care. Yes. Dr. Kelly? I played basketball last week, and I talk a lot about that on our show. I know you do. And um, my friend Brian cut me off in, in the lane, and I basically landed right on my left butt cheek. Ouch. And it was like a big old huge Charlie horse. Ouch. So the next day I went to Dr. Kelly because I'm, I go there every week just to get my adjustment, and I told her about it. And it turns out that she said my left foot was shorter than my right foot. So basically... These crazy things happen to your body when it's traumatized. Now, this was right. just a, a butt bruise or a Charlie horse or whatever, but she knocked it out for me. Well, and that's the thing is if ever – that's what's so great about having a regular chiropractor and doing regular chiropractic care because if ever your child has a fall or if ever you get knocked down on your butt or you fall off your bike, that's the first stop that you can make mm-hmm. is to get realigned again because if you don't, your whole body – is traumatized. Now, maybe in small ways, like you'll get a headache or, you know, your hip will start to hurt when really you hit your knee. Everything gets out of joint. But if you have some kind of injury, like you did, even though, yes, can your body like I, I feel like I would have been fine, but I, I'm positive I'm healthier now right. after that adjustment than I was walking Exactly. In. You would have eventually healed mm-hmm. and it would have eventually but as dr kelly would say there would be scar tissues subluxation subluxation she's going to be proud of me for using i that know big, she will be big word it's just one of those things where it's just another tool you know like if you're if anything ever happens that's a great place to go get realigned to your body and it is an optimal alignment to heal did you just say optimal <laughs> i did i think it meant optimal, optimal. There you go. alignment to heal so, so don't be a schlep rock and call dr kelly and um, Avid Company, or actually, Dr. Kelly, Chirotree.com. Uh, yeah, com. And then uh, Avid Company, avidco.net. They are painters, remodelers, builders. They're doing the post-Father's Day uh, special. Post-Father's Day special. Tell them Zen, Radio, or Zen Parenting Radio sent you. And um, and they're doing great. 630-956-1800. They're doing really good. Give them a call. Thank you. Okay. That's, That's it? And scene. Okay. 
So why do you girls need to be asked something ten times? Well, if you... It, this drives is a, me nuts. This if is it, a good topic to bring up, but... Okay, go ahead. Let me interrupt. All right. Because I facilitate a men's group... Yes. ...with a friend of mine... Yes. ...every month, and yes. the next month is relationships. That's oh, the good. topic. Oh, I like that. And um, Can I this come? Is, no, you can't. Oh, okay. Only boys. Okay. No, no boys. No girls. Okay. And this is a perfect example of something that we'll have a discussion about is understanding you crazy ladies. Aww. Crazy silly. crazy. Crazy silly. We, we're crazy too. You've now used that twice. You're like crazy. No, crazy silly. You're right. trying to buffer a harsh word. Here's the deal. Okay. You women are crazy. No. And we are crazy too. We're okay. just crazy in different How about ways. we're different? How, How about, about crazy? Okay. All right. Here's what I have to say about that. Number one, I don't do that anymore. No, you don't. Okay. So what I, what I don't do, for those of you who are listening, <laughs> is that I don't do the you have to ask me 10 times thing anymore. What I used to do is I would be frustrated about something or upset and I'd be doing the passive aggressive thing, like not talking or not really looking at Todd and he'd say, what's wrong? And I'd say nothing. And then he'd go, okay. <laughs> he'd move on. And I was finally, and you were not ready I was not ready. Mind. I was, I did have something to say. I just wanted him to be more, um, prodding. I wanted you to ask more. So finally, th- and this was a step for us in our relationship. I said, you got to keep asking me what's wrong until I can say it. It's almost like you have to kind of pull, keep pulling the rope so it can come out. Now you don't need to do that because I, I now I basically tell you before I even do the passive aggressive thing. Right. Um, but I, you know, that would be a lot of women have been taught or trained to not speak what they're really feeling. Right. They've learned to push down what they're feeling. They've learned to try to be agreeable, people pleasing, not get on anyone's nerves, not be a pain in the butt even though none of those words should even be used. You're not a pain in the butt and you're not getting on people's nerves if you're just speaking your truth or speaking what's real for you. But I had to learn that over a long period of time, meaning I had to kind of practice that and start to really speak my mind and realize that people would still love me Mm -hmm. if I said what I what I really feel. Because I think there's something that happens, and this may happen to some men too, but to girls, where they speak their mind and and then they're kind of told to stop it. Mm. They're told to either be quiet because you you want to, again, people please, or they're told that good girls don't have those kind of issues or shouldn't have anger or sadness or you should suck it up or, um, you know, there's we're just taught that. But do you understand... um I, I I think I agree with everything you're saying. Okay. And you and I don't have these issues really at all or some, you know, they're every Well, we definitely again. have frustrations, but we know how to deal with it in a healthy right, way, right? right. We get through it quicker. Quicker, um, that's a good way to say it. But there is, um, there are a lot of husbands, wives, boyfriends, girlfriends out there that um, aren't in that place. Right. And first of all, sometimes the guy doesn't even know that they have to ask 10 times. Right. So they ask once, she says nothing, and they move on. Right. So so step one is to is for the guy to even understand that sometimes you have to ask more than once. And you have to ask in a way that's not annoying, like, tell me, tell me, or come on, I know. It's, it's to be accessible. It's to be, to say, well, you're saying there's nothing wrong, but I'm noticing that the way you're saying it or the fact that you're not looking at me, you're angry with me. Right. And, and being able to say something like that. Now, let me take the other side. The, the, the female has to take responsibility too here. This is not all on you. The, the female has to take responsibility for their feelings mm-hmm. and say, you know, right now you're asking me what's wrong, but I'm too upset and I'm having a hard time talking about it, but I will come to you when I'm ready. Or something. Right. I don't want to put words in people's mouths, but what I'm saying is you can't blame... The guy can't blame her for having a difficulty 
speaking their mind when their whole life they've been taught somewhere along the lines of we don't care what you think right. or when you speak your mind I stop listening to you. Right. And but the you know girl can't expect that the you know that the guy is like you said going to know mm. to ask that many times. Because if you were to say that to me and say you need to ask me 10 times and I would ask you 10 times in a row that way I can move on to the next thing. Well, and that's the thing is that I think guys sometimes What's wrong? What's they, wrong? What's wrong? What's well, wrong? Well, that's four. That's four right there. <laughs> Six more and then I'm and I can move on to the next thing. Oh, wouldn't that cause such a big argument? Probably. Yes. So I don't think that's a good advice to give. This is something you shouldn't do. Shouldn't do. But I think if you and I were talking and I think there have been times when you've said, what's wrong? And I'll say nothing and you'll be relieved. Like, oh, good. Yeah, and we no, don't have to I talk can, about it. Yeah. I already asked you, We're so I'm, I'm free and clear when really the, the guy knows. And again, this could be a guy-girl thing. It could be the opposite. In mm-hmm. some relationships, I mean, first of all, there's same-sex relationships, right. and so it could be one or the other of them. And also, sometimes the guy acts this way and the girl is the one who doesn't want to talk about it. I, I, like you run a men's group. I have a women's group that I um, facilitate, and it's really interesting to learn about um, how different people are in their relationships. Sometimes um, there's one person who does like to talk more than the other, and it's not always the girl. Right. You know, so we don't want to get too general here. Right. But for the the point of, of it is is for the people who can't speak their mind and say what's bothering them. You got to clear that out. You got to. That's your own self. That's your fifth chakra, and you got to work on that. You got to clear that out. Take responsibility, and us guys have to take responsibility too. Exactly, and you you take responsibility for your part. I'm just not a big fan of blaming. I think that really is the bottom line. Yeah. You know, everybody kind of taking responsibility for, you know, and again, sometimes you're you're talking or working with someone who's difficult where they really do have more ownership over why something is going wrong or why a conversation is is difficult to have. Sometimes there is one person who's more of the issue, Mm -hmm. but you got to take responsibility for your piece too. Mm -hmm. You know, what am I bringing to this conversation? What am I bringing to this relationship? Am I being as, am I doing what I'm asking this person to do? Mm -hmm. Am I being thoughtful and respectful and expecting this person to, to be, or am I being kind of a jerk and expecting the other person to be thoughtful to me? It's, that doesn't make sense. It doesn't. Well, it doesn't, but don't you think most people do Absolutely. that? Absolutely. I think we everybody does it. And that's how we talk to our children a lot, right. is yell, yell, yell at them, and then they speak back and we say, hey, speak respectfully. Well, and in an effort to give our listeners some resources, um, a lot of this stuff, I mean, there's a bunch of books out there, but one is Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. And right, which we've talked about. And um, there's another one that I've never read that a friend of mine just referred me to, called men are like waffles women are like spaghetti okay explain that and without even uh reading the book i know exactly what that title means okay in our male brains we have boxes and squares and grids and everything fits neatly organized into its little thing okay and you know there's there's the opportunity for for having separateness from one idea to the next whereas women are like big plate of spaghetti where everything is interconnected. Oh, so true. And totally that true. is, and, and the thing is, we need to be aware that you guys are crazy in your way and we're crazy in our way. And that's... You keep using that word crazy. Well, we're different. Yeah. Crazy different. <laughs> Words. 
Words. Words lady. Words lady, I know. Um, well, so, I like that. That's good. That's a good and that's good analogy, the waffles and the spaghetti, even though I contend that in the world that everything is interconnected. So mm-hmm. I even the concept even though I, I respect the way you think sometimes, meaning that um, I know you think waffly because you do like to put everything in its place. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just don't think that's reality. I think that's a mind game. I think everything affects everything. What yeah. you say, where you walk, how you move, how you look, that all affects I know. the big picture. That's why you're a woman. Okay. And I don't. Oh, you, but you can, you can see the interconnectedness. There are times where I feel grounded enough to know that everything relates to everything yeah. else. But my default mode a good, good, good is, way to say is that. waffles. Okay. So waffle head. And waffles are a big problem in our household I to know. begin with because you like to buy the organic syrup, which costs $20 a bottle, and these girls sop it on. Well, but we've, we've figured that out. Yeah, I have a new system. It's called yeah. Don't Buy Waffles. And you know what else? That The problem with the waffles is that you like to go to Sam's or to Costco and get like the big eggle waffles yeah. where I like to get the ones that are like wheat mm-hmm. that from Whole, Whole Foods. Yeah. And the girls like those just as well. And so you're getting like the basically puffed up air waffle that yeah. has no nutritional value whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And and you'll get like a huge box of it. Yeah. And it's not good for them. I know. Well, I haven't gotten it from a while. <laughs> you're right. And it, But at Jewel, they have some whole wheat waffles. Do so they? Okay. Can we do that? Middle of the road? I, I say let's just stop with the waffles for a while. Yeah, but Cameron's been asking for them. I know. They keep, keep asking, but we need to disappoint our kids more often. Oh, yeah. Like that, our show last week. Yeah, that's about my philosophy. That we need to set them up and let them fail so they can learn about the hard truths of life. My mantra, By the way, I don't really agree with that. My but. mantra is to disappoint children as often <laughs> as possible. Um, so here's the deal. We were um, the 12th best parenting show on Stitcher. Yes. Stitcher is an application that you can listen to on your smartphone. So download an application called Stitcher. Do a search for Zen Parenting Radio. And then um, when you do listen to it, post a fa- Facebook. That way everybody can hear you. And then then it'll say on your Facebook page, so-and-so is listening to Zen Parenting Radio on Stitcher. And let me tell you something. Todd had to download Stitcher on my phone because I'm not very phone friendly. No, I don't not. know. I don't have any apps. I have like three. Um, but having Stitcher is really great because it downloads for you. So Zen Parenting Radio is there for you when you go back to your application. Yeah. And so much, you, it's almost easier than iTunes. It's much easier yeah. because you don't have to connect it with your phone. Yeah. And if you listen to 15 minutes and then the phone rings, then it, it pauses. It, it pauses and it go. And if you don't turn it on for three days, it starts right where it left off. So on iTunes, we are new and noteworthy again. So we're going up there. And then same with Stitcher. We're number 12. In an effort to continue to grow our show, because I'm always trying to get bigger and better, um, do us a favor, solicit one friend, and get them to listen to our show. And then have them like our page on Facebook. Have them like our page, because we're stuck on like 975, and we need to get over 1,000. So please help us spread the word. Um, Yeah, we're out of time. All right. Well, everybody have a really good week. And you're not crazy, even though Todd called you crazy through this whole show. Your parents, your family's crazy, and (laughs) women are crazy, and men are crazy. Okay. Other than that, nobody's crazy. Have a good week. Adios. Adios.